welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. everybody. Welcome to episode 130 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Yiltaka. Thanks for joining me again. Today on the podcast, we have the usual mega episode. There, You know, I don't know when things are going to let up for gun owners. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. These people just won't leave us alone. Anyway, uh, I know I say every episode that it's like this mega episode full of news and stuff, and it, and it truly is. Um, now, this episode actually might be a little more, more fun than most episodes because we're going to play a whole bunch of little clips. And you know the clips I'm talking about. It's going to be, uh, it's gonna be the, clips, um, the clips of my uh, appearance over at, at SECU, right, the Public Safety Committee, because it was just such a, such a clown show with a variety of clowns performing for the public and wasting public money. Um, but anyway, I'm going to save that. I'm going to have Tracy on for almost the whole podcast because I don't have a lot of other stuff to cover with you other than the stuff that we sort of were together for. So I thought we'd do that part together. Um, now I do have some things that I need to cover with you first. Um, I want to talk about the businesses that, uh, in our community that support the CCFR radio podcast. Vortex, the force of optics. We'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast. You can check out all their exceptional products at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And also our great friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR. So make sure you check them out at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com. Of course, don't forget our friends over at CTOMS. CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. Perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, hunters, shooters. You can check them out at ctomsinc.com. That's ctomsinc.com. And if you're in the market for firearms, ammunition, cold weather gear, you name it, you'll find it all through our friends over at North Pro Sports. You can check them out at northprosports.com. That's northprosports.com. All right. So the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, was the volunteer corps that we have here at the CCFR that do a ton of work and volunteer. In other words, people working, taking the time out of their lives to work for the CCFR for free. Okay. So great people. So the volunteer uh, corps at the CCFR are called field officers. I'm sure most of you are aware of that stuff. So it's, it's, you know, the position that I'm in, I get a lot of hate but I also get almost all the adoration, right? Everybody's thanking me and everything. So I get this much credit and I deserve about this much. I deserve credit for just the stuff that I do by myself. But as far as the organization's concerned, it doesn't exist without the handful of employees that we have and the field officers. These are the people that that have created the organization that you're, you know, that you're, why you're watching this podcast, right? So um, something we have going on is, CC, uh, uh, is uh, field officer of the month. Now I'm a couple months behind and because I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off right now, and I'm operating with very limited intellectual capacity, I can't remember whether I mentioned Field Officer of the Month in the last podcast or the one before that or just on TV. I know I didn't do it right. So I want to make up for that. And I uh, want to talk about uh, Field Officer of the Month for September was Jennifer Hodge. So 
I had an opportunity to meet Jennifer and work with her when I was at TACCOM in Mississauga, Ontario, and she worked the booth and she just represented the CCFR really well. And all everyone that worked the booth worked really hard. So I want to thank uh, Jennifer especially for her efforts and everyone else that was there. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like um, the field officer of the month thing. It's great you're recognizing an individual, but there was a lot of people that worked this the same. But uh, this month, or for September, it's Jennifer. So thank you, Jennifer, so much for your work. I really appreciate it. And Field Officer of the Month um, for October is Anna McIntosh. So I, again, had the opportunity to meet Anna uh, over in Mississauga, Ontario for TACCOM. And uh, she, again... Um, just, I'm just constantly impressed with how great volunteers we have. So Anna really worked hard and really represented, as I said uh, about Jennifer, represented the CCFR really well. So thank you, ladies, for all your work. And I'm going to try to not forget to do Field Officer of the Month every uh, every second episode there in and about. So anyway, if you want to volunteer for the CCFR, our Field Officer program, I think, and I think it's the same for all organizations, really took a hit over COVID. I think a lot of people kind of dropped off and uh, and there was no gun shows and people are like, oh, I want to do something or whatever. Well, things are starting back up. We're sort of re rebuilding the program. We got a couple of interesting things happening. And uh, so if you want to volunteer for the CCFR, you can uh, email volunteer at firearmrights.ca. That's volunteer at firearmrights.ca. And uh, we will get back to you and see if there's some things you can do to help the CCFR and I guess by extension, be part of a team that's trying to protect your ability to own and use firearms overall, right? So uh, anyway, really appreciate uh, the efforts of all of our field officers and and uh, look forward to recognizing them all in due course. Anyway, all right, that's all I had for the for the uh, the monologue or the intro. Um, I'm going to bring on Wilson and we will get uh, get going to the fun stuff. All right, via Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson, otherwise known as T. Wilson Ottawa, the the internet's worst mean tweeter here on Skype. Wilson! Ah, you better watch out or you'll be my next victim. Yeah. It's harassment. It's harm. Uh, I'm attacking. Attacking. It's violence. Anyway. Um, Lame. So, yeah, we are, uh, we're being a little bit facetious because uh, we've got a lot to talk about with you, including a you know blow-by-blow -blow breakdown, including clips of our absolutely hysterical over-the-top, ridiculous appearance uh, in in the um, SECU Public Safety House Committee uh, last right. week. Yeah, completely insane. Um, unhinged. It, unhinged, for sure. Okay, now let's get uh, let's get some of the other stuff out of the way. First thing we want to talk about is I was in Ottawa for a week uh, yes. doing everything that we possibly could to bring gun owners' voice to uh, the nation's capital. Uh, do you have a list of stuff that we did there and we can kind of talk about it? Yeah, we did a bunch of stuff. So we did a parliamentary press conference in West Block. Mind my voice. I'm just getting over a little bit of a cold. Um, but that's a really important thing that we did. Um, and that gives us an opportunity to send out a statement to the parliamentary press gallery. And then, of course, appear in, at the press conference, make a statement and take questions from the media. We've done a couple of these before. It's a great tool. I'm not sure why other people haven't been doing them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's great. And it makes it an official record of our opposition to this legislation. And yeah, it, it's us showing up. Yeah. Pretty cool. And, yeah. uh, we also did a variety of meetings at the house and at the Senate, yeah. which is great. Yeah. We had meetings both in, in the house of commons. We had some, um, kind of multi meetings and then we headed over to the Senate as well. So yeah. And yeah, lots. 
Yeah, and then of course Secu, we talked about that, and we'll talk about that more in a second because that's the exciting part of this whole thing. <laughs> and then uh, we also did a pub night, which was cool. Yeah, it's so great just to sort of see all our members and supporters and get together with other people. And it's just been such a crazy couple of years and things have been so weird and we don't get to have you in Ottawa very often. So I know it was a special treat for all our members here and yeah, it was fun. It was great to see everybody. Well, I was on the no fly list for a couple of years, but, uh, but I'm back. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you're back. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, <laughs> now we want to talk about the the press conference a little bit more. I mean, these press conferences, I think you mentioned, they they don't cost anything. It's a little bit of work to get them, um, but yeah. I think it's you know it's really important to to show up <coughs> for gun owners, right? Because we are at such a disadvantage with getting our message out there all the time as it is um, that we can't really afford to miss any opportunities. So, and yeah, and like you said, it's a nice record. It's on CPAC on the on the website. There some B roll I took, so you can see it uh, actually is is out there. Gun owners are on CPAC at least on the, on, uh, on the web yeah. version. Um, but one thing that I did mention, and, you know, this has been an ongoing complaint, of course, the media doesn't tell our stories. They don't acknowledge gun owners at all, like literally no. never. You know, if there's a big shooting, we'll get a little bit of, of media. You know, if there's ongoing legislation, we'll get a little bit of a, a little bit of media. But as far as like the ongoing cultural aspect or even doing a piece, you know what? I, I, we didn't talk about this before, but I thought we would chat about it. Remember when the Fifth Estate reached out to us? Yeah. Right? And they're like, we want to come to your AGM. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that, mm. man. And, you know, and and they're like, oh, no, we want to tell your side of the story. I'm like, mm, No, you don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't believe you. You're looking for an angry gun owner, and you'll go through everybody at the AGM till you find the, the angriest, most frustrated gun owner that can't quite express themselves uh, and, you know, and haven't, hasn't been in front of a camera and what, and then that's what you're going to use. You're not going to use yeah. anything else. Right. Um, but it's funny. And, and the reason why I brought it up, I know it's, I'm taking up some time, but I, you know, I talked to them and I said, well, if you really want to do something meaningful and you really do want to tell our side of the story, do a feature on Canadian gun culture in Canada, because right? the CBC in the history of the CBC has never done that. Right. I mean, you do the you mm -hmm. do the story of anti-gun groups, you do the story of mass shootings, you do the story of crime, you do the story of, you know, all kinds of people that don't even deserve to be to have a story done about them. But this huge section, cross section of Canadian culture and Canadian society, you've never, ever told their start, you know, unopposed, like here, there's a half hour, you know, fifth estate on what is it to own a gun? Why do people own guns? What kind of regulations are they? What do they got to put up with and comply with to, in order to, to own these things? And, you know. Mm -mm. Let me guess, you never heard from her again. Yeah, well, we uh, we ended up uh, declining to let them come to our AGM, um, but uh, but they did they they did a little bit on the gun owner side. But of course, they had to, had to have everything weighted on the other side, right? But anyway, right. I guess I've, I've gone on and on just to say that they never tell our stories. They never feature us as normal citizens. It's always in the context of here's the other side to all the gun violence, and um, so anyway, in my speech. I said, you know, you never tell the, you know, the media never tells the story. They never tell, you know, it's, you know, they ignore us basically. And what happened when we went to the press conference? Well, we had one reporter show up. Um, I, I recognize it was also on a Friday and it was after the fall mini budget, but still we had one reporter from the lobby monitor show up. So yeah, it's sort of case in point. You know, they 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 want to talk to us when they want to talk about gun bans or or you know or in crime. a negative or light. Or violence, right? Yeah. 
but never about the positivity of being a gun owner and what it really means yeah. for Canadians. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and it, like to, I don't want to put too fine a point on it as I don't want to go on and on, but like to that, like if you really start thinking about that, that point in itself, like if you really start thinking about it, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty disgusting. So anyway, yeah. I don't know what gun owners have done to deserve that, but, uh, <laughs> but whatever. Your mere existence. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I thought I'd play one clip from the press conference that was quite interesting. If you've seen it, you have seen the clip, but it's only two minutes. But it's really, um, it's it's us offering to tell Canadians, like Canada, why people would own a handgun and also complaining that the media never shows up. Anyway, check out, check this, uh, this clip out. It's the idea that there's no real reason for anyone to own a gun. And I'll tell you that this does not align with reality at all. To help Canadians understand this, I'd like to answer the question that keeps coming up over and over again. Why does anyone need a handgun? In Canada, there are essentially three legitimate reasons, or there has been, uh, to own a handgun, sport, shooting, or recreational shooting, inheritance, and collecting. And all three of these things are important aspects of Canadian life. They are good and sufficient reasons to own that kind of property. There are 650,000 Canadians who are licensed to own handguns. That's more people than play organized hockey in Canada, more people than play league hockey. Most gun-owning Canadians don't know this because the media doesn't cover these sports or tell these stories. Hundreds of thousands of people's lives are entwined in healthy Canadian gun culture. We've done it for over 100 years in this country. Over that time, Gun owners have acquired land, built over 1,400 shooting clubs across the country. It's where they volunteer their time. Their personal and professional relationships are with other gun people. They spend their disposable income on equipment, accessories, events, travel, thousands and thousands of hours in practicing their different disciplines and their different sports. They know the myriad of laws, storage regulations, transport regulations, handling, regi uh, firearm registration, daily background checks. Handguns can only be used on an approved shooting range. Owners have to drive directly to the range and back without deviation. Deviation is a criminal offense in driving their guns to the range. They follow all of these, these laws to the letter just to be able to live their lives and live their culture, which again is over 100 years old in Canada. This is why we own handguns. This is the regulatory regime we accept to some extent in order to keep using our property. And this is the story that is never shared with the rest of Canada. I thought it was important to bring that up. All right, well, there you go. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, next thing we wanna talk about is, uh, we're gonna show a couple clips and three of your favorites from- My three stars, this is sure. like a regular thing now. Yeah, well, I think we're gonna do three clips of your favorites and then one clip that I thought was intriguing at the end as well. And if you again, if you've, if you've watched the full, um, thing you've you've seen these but at least these are kind of edited out and and uh, and fun to watch um anyway so you go ahead and introduce your your three clips well okay so first of all we had liberal backbencher talib um uh, nur mohammed and he was uh coming at you for my mean tweets because of course you know when people slag me on social media or the anti-gun groups i should just shut up and take it right i shouldn't i shouldn't react because of course that would be attacking them um, so you had something to say to him when he was railing on about my mean tweets. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Anyway, here's the clip. 
You then have come here with a political agenda of your own. Is that correct? I'm coming here to defend the property and, and my dignity as a Canadian citizen, actually. I see. And does, does defending the property and dignity of yourself um, involve the harassment of other individuals, like my colleague Ms. Demoff? Well, I would hope that your defense of this bill it consists of more than mean tweets. It's well, you, well, with respect to your organization and your vice president have appeared to have a very, very good grip on delivering mean tweets, but that's not why we're here. So let's to the abuse that we've uh, taken for seven years. I see. I'm sorry yeah. that you see. Well, you know, anyway, that was a that's the thing. He didn't have any defense of this bill. Yeah. He's there just to cry about mean tweets. Well, you know, interesting. And I like I don't want to I don't want to pour accolades on myself because at the end of the day, I just try to do the best I could. It's very stressful. And, you know, you can never be ready for all that stuff. So I, I did the best no. I could. But it's, I think, you know, one of the things I tried to do was to respond, but you can't be too nasty because that doesn't look good either. I just wanted people to, 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 to understand what he was doing, which is I'm going to burn up all this time. That meeting probably cost $40,000, okay? I'm going to burn up all yeah, this time probably. and a big important section of, the, uh, of uh, parliamentary consideration where they're supposed to be exploring this bill supposedly we we know that's not how it works but and just to try to discredit you because right. interestingly enough i think he i think these people know like don't don't ever think that you're going to engage with me on the bill itself or on gun control so all it was was just about you're attacking us you're so terrible and whatever but not a single thing about the bill and no. after after they i think after we went through that with them and then they saw as soon as soon as they were done and there were other MPs asking thoughtful questions, you know, I turned it off right away and, and you know, fulfilled the role that I was there to provide, which is, hey, here's what here's what we think about that. I don't think they would ever, ever get in a room and debate with me on that stuff. Oh, no. I think that that ship is long sailed now after that uh, performance of theirs. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Pretty crazy. Um, all right. Next one. Next one, we've got uh, Liberal MP Pam Damoff. So, of course, she joins in uh, the the assault. She's your typical cry bully, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. She's always slagging on us, but, of course, playing the victim because if you tweet at her or hold her to account for anything, you're also attacking her. So she brought up uh, that time we went to her riding. Yeah, and I legitimately didn't remember. Anyway, here's the, here's the clip. But I do want to thank you because you came to my riding in 2019 and in 2021 with your Canadian NRA talking points, and I want to thank you for helping getting me reelected. So I will leave it at that and move back to Ms. Dr. Kapoor. Uh, no, I won't because I have 15 seconds left here. Uh, did you wish to respond? Never been in your riding spreading anything to do with uh, firearm stuff. We did. Uh, we in 2019 in a bus. Tracy oh, that Wilson. one. Yeah. Yes, you know you what? Did. You're right. Yeah. No, I know you're, I am. You're right. And you were there twice that in was, 2021. It was a so. fun project. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, like you I, talked to her like she's your best friend. You're yeah. like, yeah, that was great. I know, bud. That was awesome. <laughs> You know, I, I inside she was just like I'm melting. Yeah, yeah. it's just oh, yeah. yeah, it's uh you know it's funny because she's and I'm actually going to show a clip that's going to be unannounced, but it's like she she laughs in the face of gun owners like she thinks it's so funny that they're using government force to take our things, and and that they have the the power to do that right now or at least you know pass legislation that does that, and uh, she thinks that that's all funny, but the minute you push back against her or you campaign against her. You know, or you engage in the demo, demogra uh, 
democratic process, right? Like, yeah. you know, we put a bus. We didn't put a big mob in front of her office. We drove a bus there with a, with a bunch of uh, liberal faces on it and that the fact that they fail on, on crime. You right. know, but apparently that's harassment and that's attacking them, right? Attacking. Yeah, and harmful. And it's harmful, apparently, right? But it's yeah. just, yeah, they're just such cry bullies. It's ridiculous. But anyway, don't forget this little uh, clip here when she's just laughing at um, Alan Drummond saying that hunting is over and nobody should do it. And basically it shouldn't be allowed anymore. Check this out. So, uh, you know, I think it's time to change the attitude. I, I think it's time to accept what Canadians are saying, which is, you know, the days of, you know, hunting for your family and providing for your family. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent it happens, but let's be real. People do not go and, you know, shoot 20 deer and feed their family venison every night. First of all, the family would reject that because venison is not that great. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's time, I think, that we, we acknowledge what Canadians are saying, which is, you know, the days of the, you know, of the pioneer lifestyle, they're, they're long since gone. Anyway, there you go. It's it's okay to just tell these people that they're, you know, they're a relic of the past and they should just be swept away and laugh at, at that stuff. Uh, um, but, you know, you, you mean people. tweeter. Yeah, you mean tweeter and it's just the end of the world, right? Yeah. Just like these Oh, people, yeah. Oh, just... these, these are not good people. Like they're not no. good people. But anyway, all right, your last, uh, your last favorite. Okay, so my last favorite was, again, with um, Liberal MP Tlaib, the backbencher, he, of course, he goes on this unhinged rant and he's just railing against you. And, you know, because of your mean tweets, this is why you're not consulted, although they literally consulted nobody else anyways. So we know that that's baloney. Um, he just rails on this long ramble. And when he's done, you're like, well, I'm glad you're able to get that off your chest. Yeah, You can put that on my shoulders. I can take it. Yeah. And it was just like. Boom, mic drop. Yeah, and then so. if you look at it, he's just very jittery and fixing his hair and looking, his eyes are rolling all over the place. <laughs> getting and, crazy. And I'll, I'll share a little, a little bit of what happened in the room that you don't see on camera after. Anyway, here's a clip. But I have to tell you, the fact that you have chosen to come here and have done it on the pretext of the types of the types of text messages, the types of tweets, the types of videos that have been put out causing to seeking to harm people who are trying to keep this country safe is really disappointing. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Nimmerhammer. I'll give the witnesses a chance to respond if you wish. That off your chest. So when, when we entered the arena, I reached out to the Doctors for Protection from Guns, to Pauli Sessouvien, to all these groups and said, hey, we actually, our, our interests actually align. Why don't we work together? And you know what I got? I'm pro-murder. I'm a misogynist. I'm a racist. So much so that those words don't mean what they're supposed to mean anymore. That's how the other side engages. And when we send mean tweets, apparently, the end of the world, mean tweets. They're in response to the abuse that we've taken for seven years. So I don't know. You can, you can put it all on my shoulders. I can take it. Thanks, Jerry. All right. So anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because you can, you can see that he's got all this stuff prepared and he's trying to, trying to just, you know, hang me out to dry, make it look terrible and whatnot. And he's all jittery. And, he, and it's funny because there's so much that goes on that you don't see. Yeah. As soon as he was finished and we moved on to the next person, I think it was Christina Michaud or something like that. You know, I look over and he he's him and, and Pam are both looking at each other laughing like nailed it. Oh, I totally, you know, I crucified oh, this guy. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. And he's, he's got his phone out and he's like sending messages. And obviously he's just like sending text messages to a staffer that check behind him. What a joke anyway. But, uh, you know, or to Pam or to his friends like, ah, I just, you know, roasted this guy. 
anyway, it's just funny. I, they did everything but high five, and I guess they thought that that was gonna that was gonna rattle me. But anyway, just I mean, they're the kind of people that that underestimate a lot of people. I think. Oh yeah, so. they totally underestimate us. Anyway, mm -hmm. so yeah, it was a funny clip. Um, one of my favorites, though, I think if you watch the whole thing, one of my favorites was, and it's and it's weird because it was, you know, um, Alistair McGregor. I've been in his in his riding. I went to go see the Victoria Fishing Game Club, which are just a fantastic group of people that have been so good to the awesome. CTFR. You know, if everyone supported us like they do, and many do, um, you know, we'd have 10 people working at the CCFR and it would be just, you know, fire hosing everybody, right? Uh, right. But, uh, but yeah, they really, they really help and they're very active. And so they, they brought Alistair McGregor on, out to, you know, on Vancouver Island. He's the NDP um, uh, MP there. And they showed him, and and it's funny because Alistair pretends that he understands and he's going to represent his his constituents. But as I told the guys over at Victoria Fish and Game, I'm like, it, it doesn't matter what he says, he will vote for the bill anyway. So oh, he may make you think that he's your friend. He's bringing up a few things or whatever. He's going to vote for that bill anyway. He doesn't care at the end of the day. You know that's how party politics works. So anyway, um, it's funny because he says to me that. It's the onus is on gun owners to justify why the government shouldn't take guns away, couldn't, shouldn't take our handguns. And I mean, it's it's the most absurd thing. It's so backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got a completely, and but this is the inverted reality that a lot of these people live in, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, you tell me one reason why we shouldn't crush you. Go. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, like, if you're trying to maintain legitimacy from the government, not violate the social contract, I think you better justify to me why you're using force upon yeah. me, right? So anyway, exactly. kind of ridiculous. Anyway, here's the clip. Mr. McGregor, please, two and a half minutes. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, you know, I, I keep on hearing the word ban uh, being used in place of a, of a freeze. I, I think it's important to use the correct terminology. I mean, what, like what Bill C-21 is doing, I mean, people who currently own handguns will be allowed to keep them and use them. They may not be able to buy a new one or sell the one that they own or transfer it to another person after C-21, but they will still be able to use the handguns they currently legally own. So it's very important to get that clearly on the record. Uh, secondly, um, you know, for, for the vast majority of people like who are out there using long guns, uh, C-21 is not going to impact them. Um, people with a possession and authorization license can still go out and buy a bolt-action rifle or a shotgun, and this bill is not going to impact them. And, you know, if, if, if there are restrictions on trying to control the number of handguns in Canada, and people still want to get into sport shooting disciplines, there still are options with rifles, right? You would agree with all of that. Well, the, but, the, but there are options for people to engage in sport shooting with rifles, right? But so, yeah, yeah, I agree. So again, yeah. Mr. Galtag, I, I have to put it to you. Um, it's handguns specifically that are on the spot right now. There are major concerns with them. We've heard it at this committee. And, and so, again, you know, I think the, the onus is, is on you. Um, to, like, what, what further restrictions, like, right now, if you, if you look at the exceptions that are put into the, uh, into the law, you know, they do allow for people who are training, competing, or coaching in, in a handgun shooting discipline that is on the Olympic Committee or Paralympic Committee. Um, you know, what, what further restrictions do you think handgun owners or your organization would be able to accept if we're trying to meet this goal of, of putting a freeze on the number of handguns in circulation? 
well. Like, and, and to be able to continue doing their sport shooting. So the, the reason why I call it a ban is because when I die, the RCMP are going to come and they're going to confiscate all my firearms, all my handguns, and, of course, my semi-auto rifles that were banned in May 2020. So a lot of long guns went. Probably half a million long guns are sitting in safes. People just can't use them. No one can tell us exactly why all those people who haven't done anything to deserve it can't use them, but it was politically expedient, I guess, at the time. So this is a ban. They're trying to extinct people like me because obviously we're terrible. So um, as far as... You have other rifles which are untouched by the OIC or... Well, I'm running out of firearms because I lost all the semi-autos, now the handguns. But come on, Mr. Giltak, I mean, there's lots of firearms you could still purchase with your pal. And what happens when these ones and the handguns are gone? Then it's going to be the same conversation. Well, you still have two rifles left. You can certainly use those. It's just the onus isn't on me. And just to, like, to be fair, the onus isn't on me to prove why I should still own guns. The onus is on the government to prove that that's going to have a demonstrable positive effect on public safety. It keeps getting switched around. Like somehow I have to defend what I've been doing for 20 years and what Canadians have been doing for over 100 years. Now, it's, now the onus is on us. Well, it's, the government has all the data. They have everything. They should be able to show us that this, do they, have we seen any data that this will have a demonstrable positive effect on public safety? I've watched every hearing. I haven't seen any. I've seen lots of rhetoric. I'm, you know, we've had all kinds of interesting things happen tonight, but I haven't seen any real data. It's, it's just like, well, you know, you don't really need them anyway. And there's, and I, I, I have to disagree. There's Thank 2 you, million Mr. people McGregor. that own Thank firearms you, and 650,000 licensed own handguns, and we haven't done anything. Gonna have to cut you off there. Sorry. Um, that brings. All right. Well, the the whole experience with Secu this time around was was quite interesting. And I'll just add one more thing. If you remember, you and I appeared together back in the C71 days. Yeah. And we had um, uh, Peter Fraggle Rockus, uh, a <laughs> Liberal MP, of course, pull the same stuff. It was like. Let's not talk about the gun control thing. Let's not talk about any of that stuff. And he actually brought, and I th and apparently it was it's inappropriate. He brought props. He actually brought, if you remember, pictures of scary guns. Pictures yeah, of the you're CZ not 858. To bring props. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, Do you want this in schools? Like uh, you can find the transcript out there if you look at uh at SECU back in I don't know when it was, uh four years ago or something like that. But yeah, you can find that transcript and read it. It was it was pretty interesting. You know, and and to be honest, the truth. I wasn't ready for that. I, I think I handled it okay, but I was ready for them this time because I know they have nothing to say of any substance and that, that that's what they were going to do. Yeah. Well, and that's why that first five minutes when you get to speak, you know, unbroken, uninterrupted, and, you know, it's only five minutes. It's very hard to discuss a piece of complex legislation in five minutes, but that's the only time you get to really have valuable input because the rest of it, I mean, there were some good questions from the conservatives and even Christina Michaud, she had some, some questions, you know, but the rest of it is just the liberals just flinging mud every which way, seeing what sticks. And yeah, it's just, it's not the way it's supposed to be, but it is absolutely the way it is under a liberal government. Yeah. Well, the only way to, mm -hmm. to stop that from happening is to get rid of these people. You gotta, yep. you gotta vote them out and never let the, this group of people see power ever again. They, they, they don't deserve it. Um, they, they are irresponsible with it, as you've seen. You know, like you can be civil with people. It's funny because it's like the like how you deal with mean tweets and deal with differences of opinion and all that stuff is you deal with that on Twitter and you deal with it on yeah. social media 
or somewhere else in the House of Commons committee when it's like tens of thousands of dollars every 15 minutes it costs the government and you're passing legislation or, or pushing legislation through the process. That's not the time to air those things. It's time to talk like an adult. That's where the adults show up. And, you know, I think the liberals showed that they, they, yeah, they, they can't be encouraged to act like adults, but whatever. It's all good. That's okay. I had a good time. I actually enjoyed that after. Yeah, know. I enjoyed it. And, you know, at the end of the day, do we think our, our five minute speech is going to stop the legislation or, or, or change it? No, they've, they are very determined to get, to get this through. They've been slamming it through. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it gave us an opportunity to stand up for gun owners and to stand up to them. And I, I think their, their, you know, hit job on us was kind of a failed attempt, a swing and a miss. Yeah, I, I think it was too. Yeah. And, and again, just to be brutally honest, like I didn't feel like that because when you're getting, when, when you're in that seat, it's very difficult to, sure. you know, like, I mean, my brain's running a, a million miles an hour, right? Um, yeah. But, and I thought, well, I think I, I think I held my own, but when I watched it back later, I didn't want to watch it because it's, you know, I wanted to forget it. Um, but, uh, when I watch it back, I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't think that made them look like they thought it made them. Look no, like, you know? I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Uh, all right. Moving on. We got a couple more things. Hold on. I got to find my notes. Yeah. Wandering around here. Oh yeah. Dane Lloyd. Um, oh yeah. Team, Dane's video. Yeah. He's been making some really great videos and, and they put one out. Yeah, it's great. So we, uh, we'll put the link to it, I guess, and maybe in the, uh, on the podcast page, but it was a great video and it just shows the amount of work that Dane is putting into this, right? The opposition's working hard um, to plead their case. So yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. Really great video. I think something like that, you know, should be on TV. And I don't know, maybe we'll work together and 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 put something together and, and get it on TV. But uh, that's easier, far easier said than done because mainstream channels, they, they want nothing to do with us, right? We're in the same yeah. category as hunting. They won't let hunting shows go on the air anymore either. Um, That's right. But uh, but yeah, it was a fantastic video. I know that um, we, our social media guy, Brandon, had uploaded to our YouTube channel. You're not really supposed to upload entire videos because it's on his YouTube channel. But when I saw it up there, I'm like, ah, you know what? Let's leave it up there, get some views uh, for Dane's people. And I shared it on all my social media accounts directly to his uh, his. Um, his channel and and his uh, social media accounts, and then we'll take it down in a few in I don't know maybe in a couple more days. So um, what I'll do is I'm going to put in the, the the description of this video the link to his channel. Yeah. So you can watch it on his channel so he gets those views. Anyway, um, and <laughs> we have yet another uh, political interference <sighs> update. Uh, and Raquel Doncho, who's just fantastic at interrogating people, I'm I'm surprised she's not a, you know, uh, a former litigator or a crown counsel, yeah. you know, uh, interrogating criminals, but uh, she uh, she interrogated Bill Blair. Yeah, so they had Bill Blair and RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky back to SECU uh, once again, because, you know, as you know, there's the Darren Campbell's notes came up and then this mysterious recording came up. And it's kind of funny because you've got two different stories going on here. You've got Bill Blair's story and you've got Brenda Lucky's story. But Raquel Doncho, um, the uh, cr opposition critic for public safety, the public safety shadow minister, she got up there and questioned the minister and it was just, it was rock star awesome. She's, 
yeah, I, I would swear she was a, a tough litigator or something in a previous um, job. But yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, she's fantastic. And so um, I showed a little bit of B-roll of the um, of the uh, the video she put out and the link to that video is in the description box uh, as well. So check that out. She she really grills Bill Blair. And, and you know what? If you if you have any experience with Bill Blair, you know, he lies. He oh, inhales, he's slippery. <laughs> inhales air and then just exhales lies. And yeah. Uh, yeah, some of them are just just terrible. But yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'm not going down for this. That was his attitude. <laughs> well, basically, and it's funny now that you mentioned that there was actually a, a new article out today it was an opinion piece in the Globe and Mail, actually, by Robin uh, Urbach. And it's I've read a lot of her stuff and she's not she's pretty she's a pretty serious writer. Um, I'm just going to give you a small quote here from the story. And the story is, why does RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky still have her job? And she says she remains useful to the liberals as a diversionary figure, someone who deflects negative attention away from Bill Blair and onto herself for allowing the force to be influenced. Another liberal fall girl. So I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of talk about why the commissioner has not lost her job. And that would be why. Well, I don't know. Bill Blair is throwing her under the bus. He's like, yeah, I, that wasn't me. I never did nothing. Oh, yeah. Even, that's Even though everybody knows he's lying. Like, no. Nope. Yeah. Oh, she'll go under the bus eventually. Yeah. She will lose her job eventually. But right now, it's keeping him out of the hot seat. So, yeah. I think, Slippery. I think I might have sent a mean tweet on that. And I, I think I had put her picture there and said, uh, the wheels on the bus go round and round or something. You are attacking. Yeah, it's 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 causing harm. It's harm. But anyway. These people. Oh, where I don't know where they come from. All right. we. Uh, this was an unusually long episode. So, um, yeah, I appreciate the, uh, the update. And we will see you in the next episode. We'll see you then. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for coming back and supporting us, you know, and commenting and, and sharing the podcast. It's really important. It's really important to share the podcast and to talk to other people about what we're facing as gun owners, especially if they're other gun owners, because there's strength in numbers, and we're, we're, just, we're going to need everybody if we're going to hold off these liberals and the NDP uh, till the next election and pass it. God forbid we got to continue on just fighting these people for survival. But anyway... I just wanted to, to talk to you about one thing before I let you go. So, um, you know, obviously we watched a bunch of clips about the SECU appearance. And if you watch the whole meeting, it's it's on our YouTube channel. I think it's on Rumble uh, and Facebook, but you can also go to the, the SECU um, um, Public Safety Committee uh, webpage and, and watch the whole, um, the whole meeting. But anyway, when I was done, uh, you know, I, would, I had a lot of adrenaline going. I mean, you're, you know, when you're on the hot seat, you have, you have very limited time to bring your message, right? Then of course I have to endure all these attacks, you know, which is the reality of the attacks is, you know, the reality of those, of the attacks that they're giving is, is very different than what they're trying to portray. These people throw rocks at us every day. They say the most horrible things. We retaliate. Then they go, oh, look at these messages. You know, look at how bad the season. It's like, well, I didn't bring all the things that you've tweeted and all the terrible things that you've done because this isn't the place for it, right? It's we're we're exploring a bill and it's for ad, this room's for adults, right? Not children. But I guess they didn't get the memo. But anyway, having said that, it's very stressful to be in that hot seat because you have to know everything about the topic. You have to understand all the different dimensions, the factual part, the emotional part, all the rest of that stuff. You have to be able to go from okay, uh, Talib, I'm going to go head to head with you with your 
you know, you're trying to villainize me for really no good reason and Pam as, as well. Uh, and then you have to switch from that kind of high tempo stuff to just like bang right down to the next person who's asking you a legitimate question. You're like, oh, well, I really appreciate you asking uh, this question. Here's our perspective, right? So it's, it's all very difficult and it's stressful. Anyway, you get this big adrenaline dump when you're, when you're on the spot and then you leave. And then that adrenaline leaves and you're just like, oh, you're just exhausted, right? And there's a lot of different things in life that are very similar to that. And you're just is exhausted. And, and you know, Wilson says, she's like, oh, my God, I, you know, I'm, I, I feel so bad that you had to go through that. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. That was the most fun I had in like forever. And the reason for that is I'm always looking for that, number one because it's a good test of, of your abilities. So I had, a, I had a great time. It was tons of fun. I would rather do that than tons of other things. And the other thing, which is more important that I wanted to share with you is, is that to me, it was extremely gratifying because even though it's very stressful and, and a lot of it is unpleasant, it was my opportunity to represent all of you. And, and I hope that I did the job that you would have wished that I could have done. And so when I walked out of there and I thought, you know, what, a, what an incredible opportunity that I have, what an incredible honor it is to represent all of you in a situation like that. It's, it's like just such an honor because all of you support the CCFR and you're allowing me to do this. I think I've, I've said this kind of stuff before, but just that's, that's what was going through my head when I was walking out of there. It's like how privileged I am. Not like, oh, oh, the liberals attacked me. Oh, this is so bad. It's just like, what a privilege. So anyway, I just want to thank all of you for, for standing shoulder to shoulder with us and allowing me to represent you in, in, in those situations. And I hope that I've, uh, I've, done, I've done my part. I hope I've represented you well and you're proud of the CCFR and the organization that it is. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that. All right. Well, that was a fun episode. Uh, if you want to become a member of the CCFR and help us continue to do stuff like that, feel free to do that. You can do that at ccfr.ca or firearmrights.ca. If you want to become a field officer, you want to volunteer for the CCFR, you can reach out at uh, volunteer at firearmrights.ca. Thanks so much for your support. Take care, guys, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca. 